you know, you think like, oh, it's just like, you know, pee goes in the V and you make a baby. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work that way. There's like this one day in the the whole month. Yeah, exactly. Hey ladies, and welcome back to Herspective. And it was such a busy weekend for us, all of us. Yes, it was not only just Easter, it was also my celebration with the girls. Celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, first off, happy, I guess, belated Easter to everyone. Hope people actually got out there and spent time with friends, family, loved ones. I know for myself, it was like the first Easter I spent with like my whole mom's side of the family um, for the first time in two years because the last two years we've kind of just done immediate family. So um, even my 95-year-old granny was able to join because she's in a home. So obviously there's a lot of restrictions with her leaving and stuff. So that was really, really nice. Uh, There was certainly some cousins and my brother couldn't make it so there's some people missing but uh, otherwise it was great yeah I also had a a really good family weekend it's actually insane because of COVID it was the first time meeting some of Ian's um family that I never even met now we're like getting married I don't even know is like I'm I'm talking like his first cousins his aunt you know (laughs) like like people that I should have definitely known so it was really nice to kind of get to know his family a little bit more um but I mean, it's it's been the pandemic, so even though it's weird, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm sure for many, many people, it was very similar. First time getting together with a larger family or friend group in two years. So yeah. hopefully, like I said, everyone had a great time and got to do some celebrating and just uh, maybe even got outside because it was chilly, but it was nice here in good old Ontario. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sort of more importantly, we got together and celebrated our little Jessie on her engagement um, with the ladies. So that was super fun and so awesome to celebrate you and this next chapter of your life. Like, this is a big deal. Uh, Well, you know, obviously, thanks again for my ladies that were there. Um, It was like pretty fun, obviously, to get out because... Who doesn't love the ladies? It's been a minute. (laughs) Well, and yeah, like I think they're, I think we don't even need, you know, important things to celebrate to get out. Um, That's my mentality. So uh, overall, it was amazing. So much fun. Love you guys. You know, the huge. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The huge. Yeah. No. And uh, obviously there'll be a lot more events coming up in the future. So we'll be chatting about those as they come. Um, But actually just going back to Easter dinner with my fam, like I said, my 95 year old granny was there for the first time in two years. And she um, rightfully so has lost her memory. Like she doesn't, she knows who people are, but like couldn't say like, oh, hi, Lauren. Like she wouldn't know my name. She's not technically diagnosed with dementia, oh. um, but she's 95. The woman has earned the right to lose a memory or two. I, well, like, first she's... I thought you were saying, like, I thought she was diagnosed, um, but then it's like rightfully so, but it's like, well, of course, rightfully so. She she has dementia. But, <laughs> so now I understand why you're saying it like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. at 95 and she, years old. You know what? She may have, but I feel like I'm, I feel like she hasn't technically been like, I think it's more of like they think that she has it. But she's 95, so they're kind of just like, she's also 95. Um, so it is what it is. But Shit with that being said, she is still very on point on a lot of stuff. Um, she was singing word for word along to every Frank Sinatra song that we put on for Aww. her, which was like, just like melting my little heart. And she knew who he was right away. She's like, I love Frank Sinatra. He is just music, the best. Like she was just, music is amazing. Music has a special do. place in, in the, it is so healing. It's not just something to entertain us by. It is a healing method. It, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't even have the right words to describe how important it is to humans. Well, but it's thought, emotion invoking. It is the healing. The social aspect yeah. of life. Like there's so much to yes. it. It is healing. It is healing. We all know that. Like there are certain songs that, and actually it's funny because we mentioned that in the uh, episode today about how music can bring you to just a, a slight comment, but music can bring you like right into your feels. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And trigger trigger things that you 
didn't maybe even remember or realize that affected you. But yeah, so we will get into that too with our guests. But so anyway, she, she was just so incredible and it was so good to see her. And, um, cause I haven't in like so long. And uh, like I said, again, cause of the restrictions, you just can't be going in and out of homes. And she was, she had spent some time in hospital. So all in all, it was just amazing. But she made the absolute best compliment. My 95 year old potentially, dementia (laughs) diagnosed grandmother looked at me and my aunt my mom were sitting there and she looked at me we were sitting on the back deck at my aunt's and she said oh my goodness she does not have one single line on her forehead oh my god granny (laughs) you just made my year and your botox lady's year It's like, of all things that she could have observed, of all things that she could have said, or not, not observed, not said, because she's just, you know, not thinking like that, to be able to, for her to even have that thought... And like she, again, like she, she, she's, I'm familiar to her. She knows I am part of her family. She knows that she loves me, but she does, she can't place me. Yeah, she can't place me. She only really remembers my mom and my aunt, but they're her like, um, caregivers, I guess, in a sense. So they see her regularly. They're the only ones that were allowed in and out of the home over the years. So, um, like I said, we are, the family is familiar to her, but she just like can't place us. But but it just blew me away. And she said it twice, but she says everything twice. Um, but, uh, but I was just like, no, I love how that's something like even in her like dementia ridden brain, she's like, no, no, that is a thing that is impressive. (laughs) Oh, she, exactly. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, the vanity and that's so vain. But I'm like, no, but like the fact that she still even thinks about things like that. And she was very aware of like her hair. And I don't know. I just, think those little things are just so amazing and then obviously the Frank Sinatra stuff but that was the compliment of a lifetime like I was like oh my god thank you is that thank you you I think that's another important thing to bring up is everyone says oh like you just said vanity oh who cares what your hair looks like you're you're with family that's more important but the truth of the matter is no matter what you know, place in your life, how old you are, what what you're dealing with in your life. When you look good, you feel good. So obviously that carries over into a woman who has, you know, well, I don't know if it's dementia or just, you know, being old very age. old, but either way, it still really affects your well-being no matter what state you're in. Definitely. And you obviously still recognize it in other people too. Like we all compliment each other when we look great. Like Obviously, through the pandemic, we've all looked very not great. Like my episodes <laughs> of not washing my hair for countless days and like looking <laughs> borderline like a, like a drowned rat and like to the point where my husband would be like, oh, you look really good today. What did you do? Like, what's up? And I'm like, I literally showered and like showered. became, I became that meme. Like, oh, thank you. I showered. And that's actually all I did. So we recognize yeah. in other people, like when you put a little effort in, you have a different like way of carrying yourself. You do have a skip in your step a lot of the time and it just comes through. It comes through in your whole demeanor. 100%. And so, yeah, like and that ju- just lifted wonder- my spirits. <laughs> I was like, oh. of course, I'm so glad. <laughs> and I do just still want to review back on the pandemic. Who gave us permission to just like let ourselves go, though? Like that's the world. Weird, but... The world did. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess don't know. the fact that did we um, let ourselves we go? go I don't I can't say I let myself go. Like I didn't like stop brushing my teeth and washing well, my I ass just mean, and shit. I let but... myself go of the habit of wearing pants. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's just you also. Like you, if you, if it wasn't societally enforced <laughs> to like, to be Girls, clothed, drop the pants. <laughs> you would be naked because that's just how you live your life. That's true. But you, I, that's you would, one thing pre-pandemic, that I'm not going back to. Yeah. <laughs> wearing pants? Yeah, fuck pants. <laughs> <laughs> but like pre-pandemic when I'd come over to podcast like wherever we were podcasting typically in the studio and you would not be wearing pants so (laughs) I mean (laughs) I guess it just really solidified because I still at that point always had to put pants on to go to work and now it's just like not even I feel like it just let you be your live your true self like that's true that's true so who gave me permission me (laughs) go on with my bad self that's right just be a pantsless 
free loving spirit forever. <laughs> you guys should try it. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, luckily, this isn't like a video podcast because you would have to be careful because you often aren't wearing or even something. Underwear. But I think we strategically yeah. discussed a podcast versus, say, a YouTube video channel because of many reasons. And pants might be one of them. But, you know... I, we're not the kind of girls that are just like on our game two four seven. You know, we don't sleep in our makeup. So like, I think we just knew ourselves better than this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I just can't be bothered, and I I, I feel like that's kind of good yeah, though because real. maybe that says something like about confidence. Like it's unrealistic for me to be twenty four seven in a full face of makeup. Like it's just not my jam. I also so. hate doing that. It's yeah. never been. <laughs> But when, and I actually appreciate it more because I don't do it nearly as often as, again, pre-pandemic. So when I take the time and the effort, I'm like, oh yeah, like I do like this. I look good. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when we went out um, on the weekend, I did do a full face, dressed up, you know, wore something nice, including pants. And it feels good. It does feel good. <laughs> I still couldn't get to doing my hair. Like I'm just not a girl who does her hair. You have a lot of hair. I couldn't do my hair if I had as much hair as you. Well, it does what it wants. I don't know how to... I've never even blow-dried my hair in my life. I'm not that kind of person. I just kind of, like, let it go and see what happens. Do you? Look (laughs) at yourself. It's been doing me well this whole time, so... Yeah, it's it's a good hair. Oh, my God. Thanks. Before we move into introducing our guest, because I feel like this has been happening since we first announced it, I have to say... That Jess and I have finally, well, I have finally delivered the shrooms. <laughs> it's no longer about the shrooms. It's about like the journey of the shrooms to get to me. <laughs> the journey of the shrooms to Jess. The shrooms journey to in her hands. Um, so we've officially done that. And um, I think we should like take it. So it's funny because you gave them to me when I was drinking on the weekend. So I forgot about them entirely. And then I saw them this morning. I was like, oh, yeah. So are we, are we when are we doing? What do we do? What are we going to do them? <laughs> what, like, what, what do we do? What next? <laughs> so now, um, yeah, I guess we have to just do it tomorrow. Just got to do it. So, yeah, we'll start tomorrow. Um, we will just put that on our Insta just so you people know. If you care, we care. It's a big deal. It's a big deal for us, obviously. Um, so the, 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 I don't what I don't want to say psilocybin every time because I just feel like that's a hard word. So I, that's why I'm calling it no, shrooms. I know it's not technically shrooms, but like. Yeah. Cause it's also It's like our shroom journey will commence. And ginseng. So it's, you know. And something else too. I know, but it's like silly to just say shrooms because we're not just doing fucking shrooms. <laughs> yeah, but y'all get it. You know what we're yeah, talking about. I think we've, everyone we've, knows. We've cleared the air. Um, so yes, it actually officially will start this week and, uh, obviously we'll just keep everyone posted. It's, it's like a wellness thing for us. We'll see how we feel, all the improvements or not, and, uh, keep you all posted. Yeah. Um, speaking of wellness, I feel like it's time to, yeah, I feel like this is the time to introduce our our guest. (laughs) We love our segues. Y'all know that. We would be nothing without the segues. I mean... (laughs) it's like literary genius on our behalf (laughs) seriously um but yeah we we do have a yet another amazing guest and we have a really cool topic that we knew nothing about so this was very new to us which is why we wanted to chat about it because we wanted to learn about it as per usual um so we are being joined by life and womb healing coach um, also, she identifies as like an embodiment coach. Her name is Tracy LaFleur. Uh, she's another guest out of California. So that, this is our second guest in a row from California. We're hard manifesting just California living, obviously. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to call that out. But yes, we are being joined by Tracy LaFleur. Um, she, like I said, duh, practices womb healing, which I'm not even going to try to explain that. She she's going to do all of that. Yeah. yeah. But it was just really interesting and made so much sense to us. And we wish she lived closer. But we are going to do a virtual session with her um, for the aspects that she can do virtually. Um, so we can, you know, hopefully get some benefits and see what it's like. But this is a really cool, interesting episode. And, and on the womb healing stuff we've never spoken about before. So, yeah, I think uh, that kind of sums it up. 
yeah, and we'll keep you guys posted on how our session goes with Tracy. But in the meantime, I guess without further ado, please welcome Tracy to the show. Welcome to the show, Tracy. We're so excited to talk to you. We have so many questions. Yay. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And I mean, let's just start off by letting our listeners know a little bit about you. Why don't you explain to everyone what you do and and your thing um, in your words? Who you are. Who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Who am I? I'll tell you right now. I'm on a journey (laughs) where where I find out every day who I am. Um, So I call myself a life coach to make it simple, but really I'm a lot of things. Um, My main work is in the body. So embodiment coach really And a lot of us don't even know what the word embody is or embodiment, which I didn't even know two years ago. I would hear that and I would always think, well, we have a body, right? We live in our body. I know what it is to be in a body and I realized that I didn't. Um, so, so neither do we, can we start there? Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If you don't know, then we a hundred percent don't know. Definitely. (laughs) I went to this healing workshop. It was one of those things where like, you know, you just, like, I don't know why I'm going here, but I just need to go. And I heard the word somatic, which I had never heard, which is in the body and all of these things. And I'm like, okay, what is, what is this? What is this new world? And I realized that I thought I had done a lot of work on myself. I thought I had a lot of self-discovery <laughs> and I hadn't really because I'd never worked in the body. We're always in our heads. Everything we're yeah. doing is in our heads. And when we're in our heads, we're either living in the past or planning a future that's based on our past. And we ignore the body. The body actually holds all of our trauma, which some of us know and some of us don't know. We always hear like when you're working out that the muscle has memory. Right. And it really does. It's not just working out. All of our, my sister always jokes, she says, our issues are in our tissues. Um, So all our traumas, all our past is stored in our body. So when you do embodiment work and you start to get into your body, crazy things happen when you're not in your head. Like you have feelings that you've never felt before. You remember things that maybe you thought of once, you haven't remembered since you were five, all these things. And that is really how we can move on uh, in life. That's how we get rid- out of the past. That's how we wow. can create new habits. We can reprogram ourselves is really through moving um, things out of the body. So that's where I focus a lot of my work. I always focus my work in what worked for me. And then I always know this is my thing to share. So, so are you a somatic coach? Because we did have a somatic coach on and we kind of mm-hmm. touched on that in a previous episode, but is that the thing? Is that the same thing? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Somatic again, embodiment. I mean, we kind of all use our own words. Like the coaching industry is kind of like, you know, it's not, we're not going to get a PhD. So it's some of it is like, this is what I, you know, we're personalized. Kind of making it up. This is, yeah. Personalized. <laughs> there you go. So one of my passions has become womb work. Because again, in the body, Mm -hmm. I actually had a miscarriage about a year ago and I was um, on this. Thank you. It's it's been a journey, but I was on the spiritual journey already. And so I was trying all these different things. I learned how to do Reiki and all these, all these crazy modalities were coming to me. And I kept hearing womb work. I had no idea what that was. To be honest, at first I was thinking um, maybe that it was something invasive. Like I didn't know if we were like going in or like what's happening like what is yeah yeah art? well I was kind of wondering about that too and just really quick like we were introduced um by Carmelia Ray who's also been on our show and is like a mutual friend obviously and when she said oh you got to meet this lady this woman Tracy that I um work with that I befriended and she does womb work and I was like immediately like first of all never heard of that second of all like what like I would never yep. ever even think about that yeah and I've had two kids I would never I'd be like yep that's what the womb's for grows baby out you go like done never never but think we about should have it known again because we've also had a pelvic floor expert on who oh, and yeah. I love how you just a side note Tracy at the beginning you said uh, you felt like you didn't know stuff but that's the premise of our show like we didn't know stuff so yeah we're always trying to learn and we didn't know the yes. importance of all this stuff and even Lauren who has had two kids like we don't know what's going down there still we know kids are nothing not, so. yeah we don't yeah. We know we nothing like, <laughs> it is crazy as women I mean a side note of that I remember like trying to get pregnant at first and like you know you think like oh it's just like you know, pee goes in the V and you make a baby. And it's like, oh, it doesn't work that way. There's like this one pee day in the, the whole month. And the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like all this crazy stuff that nobody teaches us. It's like, hello. Wow. But and so, then the after, right? Oh my I God, the after the for, for you, sure. The after. For sure. But yeah, so I knew that I should, I wanted to learn about womb work. And so all of a sudden I connected to it instantly. And I was like, okay, I need to learn how to teach this. 
So what it is with womb work is it's not invasive. It's actually when we do a massage, we work with the outside and we're getting into the tissues. But for women, for all of us really, but for women especially, our power center, our energetic center, our sacral center, that's where we create life, babies. But that's where we birth ourselves, new version of ourselves, business, abundance, all of that. Our creation, our confidence all comes from that center of the body. And that's where we hold most of our traumas as women too, um, especially sexual traumas, which most all of us have to some degree. And we usually kind of like try to push them away and move away from them. And again, that's all there. So it was amazing to me. The first part of how I start even a session is to get into your body, which again is a brand new thing that I didn't realize because when you are not in your head, so I'll take a woman through a session and we haven't even gotten on the table to do the work and we'll just do a breathing exercise, which is to get in your body. She, a lot of times, she, me, also me, will just start bawling. Like, why? And she'll look at me like, why really? am I crying? And, I just, and then I'm like, well, because you've never been in your body. I'm like, And I'll ask her, like, think of, what are you thinking of right now? And she'll be like, well, I was 16. I'm, why am I thinking that? And I'm like, because you're in your body. We avoid, we don't realize that we're doing it because we're in our head. And that's how our subconscious and ego protects us. But when you get in there, all these emotions come up, things that we've been hiding. Sometimes anger. Sometimes like, oh my God, I am so angry right now. Um, because all those emotions live in our body. So we start that way. And then when we get into the tissues, it is crazy what you're able to release. I always will have a woman on the table. She's like, it was like popcorn. Like I felt like all these different movies were flashing. You know, I saw this, I saw that, I saw this person, I saw my dad, I saw my mom. And so wow. all the different parts in our womb also hold on to different things. So like our kidneys hold our fears. So we massage your kidneys, we massage forward to the front and you like women will tell me, oh my God, I literally almost felt like you're pulling fear like out of my back. Like um, any kind own... of fear? Like, or just is it any fears that you're holding? Yeah. Just is any this about fears? anything to do with actually like birthing children because it's the womb? Like, or is so, it the whole everything? <laughs> so there's a lot of aspects of it. So just again, all these parts hold the thing. So fear could be fear of birth. Yeah. But it could be just fear of anything. That is the center of the body that we hold it in. Um, our ovaries are a space where we hold our self-judgment, our self-criticism. It is crazy. Again, it sounds kind of like, oh my gosh, like you're though. rubbing my ovaries. <laughs> but it's like very gentle, like not that anyone could see what I'm doing with my hands because we're on a podcast, but you kind of just like lightly <laughs> like can. press. At least you we guys can. can see. We we're like getting the gist. in that area. And again, it's like very like, I'm not going down anywhere, anything, but just a little touch and Every time I hit the ovaries, women are just like, like every self-judgment, everything. And again, like we don't do this work, so we don't understand how powerful it is, but it's so gentle, but it brings out a lot. And the, the hope, the point is that once we move it out of the body, you know, it's gone. Of course we have, you know, a million self-judgments. So one time is not going to remove all of them, but it starts to build. We've got our whole lives worth of it. Yeah. And that's Um, what I was going to ask. Is this like a one-time thing or is this something that you would want people to like build into their yeah you would do regularly and even just the awareness that starts to come from it even if you're not just constantly doing the actual body work it will just start to play out in your life so then another really interesting part of the body is your psoas muscle which is the one muscle that connects the top and the bottom of the body so it kind of goes like up through your hips and um a lot of people don't know this i didn't know this but actually even pulls into your diaphragm So if you are somebody that has panic attacks or uh, anxiety, which I've had my whole life, and you have the (sighs) problem breathing, a lot of times it's actually that muscle is tugging, which you would never think of. This hip muscle is tugging on to your diaphragm, and it's causing the shortness of breath. When we are heady people, we live our whole lives in survival mode. We're always in that fight or flight. We're always waiting for the shoe to drop. You're either you know in fight, I'm trying to run into the problem, or fight, I'm trying to run away from it. And when you're in that physically in the body too it's pulling on that muscle so like for me I had a really traumatic childhood and in, in life and I was in that most of my life so to see how it is to have relief from that is huge because your whole body literally is like tight pulled down crunched Jesus. in and it keeps you in that space so if you're somebody who's always finding themselves really reactive really triggered to everything yeah. 
probably that muscle is the tightest muscle in your body, but you would never know it because this is just stuff that people don't teach us. And so, you just feel like that's your norm too, right? We get so right. used to like this physically is just how I do it. being holding our bodies the way we hold our bodies. And like, even if you just right. go for a massage, they're like, oh, your shoulders are really tight or this. And you're like, I actually didn't even like necessarily notice because like, I'm just so this used to being. This is just how I am. Yeah. This right. is your daily norm. So, right. you know, I just want to ask you, you just said, you mentioned, you brought up childhood. Mm-hmm. So, you know how when you're, you have core beliefs that are obviously developed in childhood at some point, right. usually we don't remember when or why, but right. there is a reason why we, we behave in a certain way or feel a certain way about ourselves in general. Is this something that can go and heal those? Or would you bring that to light? Make us remember that moment where we started doing the, whatever the behavior is kind of so, thing? So... There's a couple of things with that. So back to the womb too. So our womb is actually was, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is a weird thought, but here, no, your womb was in your mother's womb, right? When we were right. in there, yes. we were womb to womb. So, but also, by the way, this happens with men too. I've actually done, for men, we don't call it womb massage, we call it abdominal massage. But I was going to ask have the same center. That. Yeah. And it is just as powerful on them. I will tell you that. I actually have testimonial or two even on my Instagram about it. But so womb to womb, one place that we pick up a lot of our crap that we carry is from our mothers, from being in their womb. So you could take on beliefs of them. I had an instance for a while where I kept thinking I had the sexual trauma. I had like, I went to an intuitive and all these people and it kept coming up, but I couldn't connect to it. I tried to do like regression. I tried to whatever. I'm like, wow, was it so bad? I had put it away. Like I couldn't figure it out. And in doing some of my spiritual healing work, I realized that the trauma wasn't my trauma. It was my mom's. And I suddenly had this memory of her telling me about it. And she told me a little bit about it when I was younger. I had remembered that. But then it was almost like I knew all the details. It was like this weird knowing of what happened um, because we connect to them. So if your mom was, um, say she, like there's some women, you know, they don't like gaining weight while they're pregnant. They're really self-conscious. They're thinking about it all the time. You could get your eating disorder from that. You could grow up and be like, where did I learn this? Well, you learned it from being in your mom's womb because she was so concerned about gaining, um, you know, while she was pregnant, like all sorts of things. So all of that is all held there. It could even be, you know, ancestral generational things that, because it's Mm. past, 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 past down. So yeah, this work is so powerful. So yeah, sometimes what comes up is, you know, a certain memory or sometimes it is just, um, just this belief, like, you know, whatever, it's always the limiting belief about ourselves. I mean, it's interesting when you talk about your mother, because like, I mean, even for people that probably some people that didn't get a chance to know their mother or they were like separated, whatever the situation is, like you'd probably still get some of those like passed on behaviors traumas I think it's also like in line with what epigenetics is too right yep and um but I just like obviously because I can talk about it I compare things that like I'm aware of with myself and like the way my mom was growing up and like I was lucky to know that my mom or lucky to have a mom that was never like I'm so fat like constantly like body shaming herself or criticizing herself she was very very like I mean at least what I saw she seemed very confident and like you know happy in her own skin she was like someone who worked out a lot like ate healthy like she she put a lot of effort into herself and she's beautiful woman um but both inside and out but like over the years she would like share things with me and she like had traumas from her upbringing with her mm-hmm. mom, who's my granny and is amazing and lovely, but obviously right. mother-daughter relationships are yeah. not always Different. great. But yeah. I now am like, I'm doing things sometimes, and I have sons, two sons, with my oldest, and I'm like, do I, like, is this ne- like really me, or is this just like a carried that's like, exactly like, trauma? Yeah. And yeah. Like you're speaking exactly to him a certain it. way or saying certain things to him? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Like, I sometimes I just get, like, this weird feeling and, like, I check myself because I'll be, like, mad or frustrated. And I'm like, he is a child. Like, what? Like, I don't even know how to deal with it sometimes. And then, of course, I immediately go into, like, mom guilt, mom shaming. Like, what the hell's wrong with me? Like, I'm the worst mother. Like, he's my baby. I love him. But it's, like, it's, it's something I get triggered and I don't even know what it is. And I'm like, why am I so, like upset about this like why am I reacting why can't I control myself sometimes and then I have to think like 
and my I'm getting to a point, but my point is like, is this a mental thing or am I carrying this like in my body? And because we've had these conversations, yes, I'm like, it. is it coming out through my body or because like I, I, I'm aware of what I'm doing, but I like can't stop sometimes. Can't control it. Okay, and like, Tracy, just disclaimer, I'm like not abusive or anything. I'm not like beating up my son, but it's just no, like, I love your oh disclaimers. I was telling you, you don't have to do these disclaimers. Everyone knows that. Well, you never know with people these no, days. Oh my gosh. I feel this. I know exactly. I feel the same with my kids too. And I do that too, even on my own. And sometimes it's like, the words or the actions are like coming out of my mouth and I'm going like, I'm not that type of mother, but it's just like, and I'm like, ah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So that is all, yes, the programming that we carry for sure. And um, yeah, so that is kind of the, some of the things that we could do that we could remove. And I don't, not even just necessarily in womb session, but when I'm just doing like a regular session, I mean, it's things that you could even do on your own. So when you start to be in the moment and you could even do it like now just thinking of it because this is again the point of the body if you just think so it's not even the situation it's how your body feels because if you were to close your eyes right now just for a minute and you were to tune into whatever thing that you were just thinking of that just happened you would start to feel that you would start to feel like you were there in the moment because we bring our body into it because again it's trapped in your body and you sit there for a minute and you go, and so not what am I thinking, but what am I feeling? You'll feel a place in your body. Maybe your chest feels really heavy or your shoulders start to round in. Sometimes it's a pain in a specific area. You'll be like, this is like a weird, like my knee hurts. Like, why does my knee hurt? Whatever. That's where the trauma is. And if you sit there and this sounds silly, but it's kind, it's amazing when I do this with not just women, anyone, they go, oh my gosh, okay. It was talking to me. And I say, talk to that part, literally talk to it. I talk out loud. Like all I do is talk out loud to myself. I'll talk to it. It's like, okay, what are you telling me right now? What's here for me? And something will come out always. And it sounds crazy, but we all have these intuitive abilities that no one taps into. And the body does speak to you. And you just go like, what is this right now? And it will come out to you. Maybe in that moment, you just feel out of control. Maybe. And then it's like, what we're feeling out of control. I don't know how to deal with X, Y, Z and everyone's crazy and it's chaos. And then you go, okay, so what do you need from me right now? Or where is this coming from? And then there might be a story that comes up of a time that you were a child and you were out of control. Maybe you were out of control and your mom was out of control and then all of it, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden that's what's getting poked. And it's like, because as you, when we're younger, no one is taught how to process emotions and that's why they get stuck in the body. Right. So if we were actually able to process it, like if your mom sat down with you after you, she was like, okay, I'm really sorry that I got upset. I was really chaotic. I just yelled at you. How are you feeling about that? And you're like, oh my God, I was scared. Oh my God. And then you went back and forth. It wouldn't be stuck in your body, but that doesn't happen. Your mom's chaotic. She yells at you. You're holding it in. You're like, I don't know what to do. And there you go. Now it's trapped in your body. So it could come back later, even in the reversed roles where something is reminding you of this event that happened and you're reenacting it. Again, it goes to subconscious mode. Your body's just acting out. And so when you and do that, sometimes you can have it our whole rest of the lives because usually yep. that's when we're children, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then now this is just becomes again, now you're in that fight or flight. So your reaction to this kind of event is this. And as it's happening again, you know, it's not you because it's not really you, but it's just that trigger is acting through you and it's just that reactionary thing. So you can tap in and go like, again, what is it? What's here? And then you'll usually hear the message like, oh, I'm just feeling really out of control. I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And then, um, or again, maybe the event comes up where you see, oh gosh, I remember this time. And it's funny sometimes when I do that with a client, I'll be like, where did this memory come from? Like, I can't, or I was three, like, how am I remembering three? And it's like, so clearly, but it's like, yeah, because it's in your body. It makes so much sense that, um, it's okay. As an adult now, it's like, oh, three was so fucking long ago, decades ago. But I have a nephew who is three and he is a fully alive person navigating the world, learning everything. So it's like, so clear as day that of course those things would form at that age and where is he going to learn any different obviously he's not just gonna like grow other habits um because this will continue to happen every day so it makes complete sense that that we're stuck with that what i'm always not confused about but like i guess interested in is like how do you tap back into that because how the hell do you remember um and then how would you connect your brain and your mind or sorry your brain and your body because you are one and, and right. it makes sense to think of yourself as one. But right. I do right now when you're talking about, oh, I need to ask my body something. I'm like, 
my body would not answer that. Like, how will my body answer that? How do you connect it all? It does. It does seem like two different entities for sure. Like, I definitely feel like even with your brain, like sometimes I feel like there's me as like a person and then there's my brain who's like another person and we talk to each other and we're like fighting. And then your body is a third person there. (laughs) So in a way that is really how it works. If you want to get in the spiritual world too, you know, we always think like we're a body with a spirit, but really we're a spirit with a body. Like our spirit, our essence is all around us. Our energy is all around us. And then we just happen to have a body. Our, if, Again, in this world, like the world of consciousness, if you want to get into your head, which is like your ego, most people think ego too just means like, you know, you're being an asshole, you're being a narcissist, that's ego. But really ego is just this protective part of us that actually keeps us in those patterns. So you are kind of two separate things. The ego always wants to come in and shut things down. The ego wants to keep you in fight or flight. The ego doesn't want you to learn that in your body you could feel better and fix things and whatever. So when you're up here, you're playing this program that's like, you know, don't do that. Don't go there. Just keep doing your same thing. We'll keep you safe. We'll keep you safe because it has a place to keep us safe. safe. Yeah. Right. And that's what we are. Our body is always looking to be safe. There's a couple of things, human things that we always do, which is try to find safety. We always want to see that we're valued, that we're worthy. Um, and we're always trying to fight to find those things. So it is a little bit different, but the funny thing is anyone I do this with, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, how would I know? How would I know? And are so surprised, even the most like shut off to this type of work people that if you really just give yourself a minute and just trust that you will find the answer, you will find the answer because the point is your brain is not trying to think about it. It's just a knowing and it's your body, right? You own it. It's your trauma. It's there for you. So you just sit with it and everything goes with the feeling. So you feel it just Again, starting with the feeling of what it feels like, like thinking maybe right now you're just even thinking about a fight you've had with your mom before and you just close your eyes, put yourself in that situation. All of a sudden your heart is like, like you feel it. And then you sit there in that just for a minute. And it's like, oh, okay, what am I feeling? What's the story? And it comes out. It's really crazy, but it will. And then the more you trust yourself, like the stories could get bigger, longer. So um, is that your mind? letting you go back to that moment in time or Or your body going back so it's like your almost it's like your mind stepping out of the way if that makes sense it's like because again the mind wants right because the mind wants to again tell you the story and it doesn't want you to go there which is like i said even if i do an embodiment practice where we're just moving to music and then it's like why am i feeling these emotions because your mind's keeping you up here and the emotions it's all down here um so so are emotions good in your mind Yes. I mean, the emotions are feedback. You know, the problem is too, what we do with emotions and feelings is we cling to them too. And we want to make it an identity. And it's like the end all, you know, like people want to be like, I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm a, I'm an angry person. I'm a, I'm a depressed person. And really they're just there to give us feedback. Like, what are you feeling angry about? If you just notice it as a feeling, Oh, there's anger here. What is this really about? It's also, too, when you start to do this work, it's never about the thing. It's never about what you think that you're angry about. That's always just the, like, the light bulb that's like, ooh, okay, there's something here that we need to look at. So when we're ahead, it's just what's the thing right in front of us? Well, I'm angry because you just said this, and that's it, and it's just that simple. But again, really, it's, well, no, you said the thing has nothing to do with you. I'm not even really angry as much as it was the trigger that reminded me of X, Y, Z. So the emotions to me are always just some kind of feedback. It's just like the light bulb that's like, oh, hey, there's something here for you. Um, But the real work, which it sounds so simple, even though it's not, but it sounds simple, is to not identify with it. Because you don't need to become an angry person just because you hold anger. You don't need to become depressed just because you're having a sad day. Right, right. We just need it to like show us how to move forward with what the situation type thing. Right, right. And like, how do I fix this? Or, you know, not that you could always do it. Maybe you need to go seek help for it. Not saying that like, we cure depression by going like, oh, no, 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 you know, it's not that easy. But if it comes up and you go, there's a reason this is here, maybe I need therapy, maybe I need a coach, maybe I need whatever. But, you know, some of us just want to get stuck with it. Well, I'm just, for me, Why for though? so long. Why would we want to just be depressed? I feel like that's is, simple. That is right? to doing that? It's simpler, like, to just identify, like you said, Tracy, yeah. with something. Because that, that kind of, like, embodies something, but right? That's I'm the depressed. safety, then. Like, that yeah. means... Like, when you say that to a person, they're like, oh, okay. Like, they just sort of accept yeah, it and absorb it. But, and instead right. of changing, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, rather than sometimes when I am in a weird mood or I am depressed, like, I would say, 
I am depressed right now. Rather than yep. saying like, I feel depressed or right. I feel or like this sad. situation is upsetting me because. Yeah, like I think it right, is right? about what we're telling exactly. ourselves for sure. Because like I definitely right. can see the difference there because depression is like a very real condition. Like they're. For sure. And and so I think when that someone. people is, don't just have all the time. Like, yeah, like it doesn't come right and now, go. So I'm depressed. Yeah. Yeah, right. and that's the yeah. thing. No, you're yeah, you're exactly right. Or just saying I'm experiencing depression right now, um, because again, but that's the safety. So it sounds silly sometimes too. Of well, why do I want to claim I'm depressed? Why do I want to claim I'm this? But you find safety in it. That's again ego. Yeah. There's a point in your later. life where it made being depressed maybe, you know, claiming it helped you through something, or you needed to be in that little bubble to feel how you needed to feel at a time. So, and a lot of us too, which is, we don't want to admit, but it's the victimhood of things. Because Mm -hmm. when you can claim the victimhood of something, you always can try to get against something out of somebody else, whether it's sympathy or validation. So again, not saying like depression doesn't exist or anxiety doesn't exist. I've had a million panic attacks in my life. Like it is real for sure. But when you claim it, like when I, I had such, oh my God, I had such bad anxiety for about two straight years where I almost couldn't drive a car. Wow. I could not drive my car over a bridge on a freeway. Like I would literally, my hands would get clammy. I couldn't feel the steering yeah. wheel. I would have to pull over. It was nuts. All of that's real. But then I decided to claim I have panic attacks. I have anxiety disorder. I am this person. Anxiety really comes from you fighting what your body feels. So the more I said that, the more I'm fighting it, the more it was perpetuating. So now, funny, I, literally yesterday I had that moment driving back from Arizona, we were on a huge freeway bridge and I went into my old patterning. I started having like a panic attack. I was like, oh my God, thank God my sister was in a car. I put on my flashers. I stopped on the freeway and we switched seats. Like <laughs> I could. Okay. So this is what you're saying is something I feel the exact same way, but over, so we have a, from where we live in Ontario to get to Toronto, to where I moved to Niagara Falls, we have this huge fucking bridge and it goes, yep. it's like a thousand feet in the air and you have to go over it. So one time, no, and I would never nightmare. have an issue, right? It is now mine too, because one time <laughs> I went over it in an ice storm and I thought I was going to die. I was bawling. I thought I was going to yes. die. I never was scared of a bridge before, but now I'm so fucking scared of this bridge. So if there's yes. even high winds, I go around, but I'm also now fucking angry because I'm like, you're not a a timid driver like you can do this yes. everyone else does you're yes. fine nobody's died on this bridge because i google that to make sure nobody's died oh my on this god bridge. that's so fucking funny so i'm like you can fucking do this and then i'm mad at myself for like giving into it feeling anxious and i'm like white knuckling it and panicked and not breathing because i'd rather do that prove something to yourself around you're trying yeah, to what is you that? are literally describing my life so first of all i have to say you know when we heal, and this is a perfect example, we're, we're never fully healed. Like things don't always go away, but we have better tools. We can manage them better, et cetera. So like yesterday, I'd gotten up at 3.30 to drive from Arizona back to California. I have three kids in the car that are losing Jesus. their fucking minds. And I was trying to rush home to a meeting. My sister's trying to rush home to a class. And in that moment, my nervous system was not regulated at all. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not even going to try to work through this. So like, to be honest, to I claimed yourself? it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll okay. be so honest. I just didn't want to. You know what I mean? I know, like, I could have, like, whatever. But I'm like, in this moment, I'm like, ah, like, the crazy mom. Like, But I is it better to, to do this. that? Like, Sometimes, why, anyway. Why would like, we push ourselves? Like, should I we? Think, you know what? I think it's, like, you. that's, again, is us to discern in the moment. And that's, like, but what you just said, though, too, about, like, I can do this. Like, I'm not a scared person. Yeah, like, you can. And after it, I was like, you know what? I should have pushed through it. In the moment, I did it, and I've done it other times, and it's always, like, remembering the choice. The thing, too, with the body and the fight or flight and all that, we feel like we're going to die. That is our primal yeah. brain. The, I remember there's when only I first, one ending for this moment, and it's my death. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the bridge. So when, I, when I first had my panic attacks and I first learned about them, and now I've heard this so many times in all my coaching classes, but so your brain goes into that primal mode. And it goes into when we were cavemen and like it was, you know, you're either you could sit down, you find something to eat, you're like scavenging or there you're running for your life from like a saber tooth tiger. Like these are like your <laughs> options of what's happening. You know, it's like I'm scavenging, whatever. And she's like, so when you inevitable thing here. <laughs> yeah. So when you go into that mode, your body goes into a state of actually thinking you're going to die. Everything shuts down and you're running for your life. And, and that's so adrenaline, again, right? Like that's right. Adrenaline yeah. Produces right. That. And, and fight so or flight. again. 
right? That's fight or flight. And we still hold that in our bodies. So that's what happens. Even if the fear is irrational, like I'm not going to really fall off this bridge. It's so funny. You said you Googled it because that's what we think. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. But are you doing um, so that to brain... like validate your fear and your belief? Like, is that no, no, no? Like I'm it... just making sure because if if nobody's ever died off this, it's very likely that I'm not going. I to know, but what if it had said you did? Like, what if it had? Well, said then I would be did? like, see, I it's fucking fair but that's that I'm what I mean. Of this like that's yeah. validating. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to look for that though. I'm just I know no. that nobody's died off this bridge. I know it's safe, so that's why I'm just like reassuring myself. I'm not trying not to find any numbers of that. <laughs> That's actually a great tip too. And then, I mean, so there's so much of this work. This is like 18 different podcasts, but then yeah. it's also learning how to regulate your nervous <laughs> system. So the nervous system, you know, is what puts you in fight or flight or calms you down. And again, if you're a really heady person who's always in fight or flight, like your yeah. regulator. So it's like the nervous system's like the barometer, like where your temperature is. So like a nice, even keel person who maybe had a great, lovely childhood, which is not many of us. They're like down here, and like the us. nice, cool, <laughs> and something starts to like bother you. And then you're just like, oh, okay, it's a little bit bothersome. But like for me, like I'm already in the red in Same. my normal. So like yeah. a little thing comes up and it's like, holy fucking shit. And it's like the little yeah. tiniest thing. Yeah. So you let learn. And there's just tools. There's breathing tools. There's... Um, certain things that's funny mindfulness there's tactile things like you know like little kids always rub their their blankie with their fingers or they rub it on their cheek there's things that you could do like that as an adult I have a hair thing I don't know if you've noticed I that is how I down regulate myself I'm always touching my hair touching my hair people are always like on my Instagram stop touching your hair and I'm like I know it's public speaking I'm like petting myself it's just something that I do unconsciously is that a problem though like should we give it should we try to alleviate these things that we do to soothe ourselves or do you use it? it yeah yeah why would to me it? to me i say it's a choice you know if it's something that you do that bothers you but yeah, I, harmless, I think right? for all of us yeah like it's all again most of us have these crazy ship childhoods and then all the other things that happen along the way not many of us know how to even have a regulated nervous system or how to be there. So to me, if you have a thing that's not like super crazy, like you're petting your hair or you're like rubbing the bottom of your shirt, I mean, you could be holding something in your hand. Um, I say, why not? That's just my personal, because if it helps you, you know, it helps you. And like you said too, just rationalizing things. Fear, again, it's not, another freaking podcast. I have like a thousand I could give you right now. <laughs> if you go into consciousness, fear is also an illusion. So Everything is energy. If you're in the high vibe energy, anything that's like a loving vibration and gratitude, joy, laughter, all of that, that's all real. That's tangible. That's real. This is how we create. That's also too in the womb work. When your womb center is open, that is where we create. That is where you're going to find um, all the ideas for business coming through. That's where you're going to pull in the love of your life. You're going to make more money. You're all of that from your creation center when you're in that loving, open vibe. But when we're in those low fear vibes, which is fear and anger and resentment and all this, all of those are an illusion. None of those are real. And all they do is shut us down. We're not an energy magnet anymore. We don't get to manifest what we want, all of that. So when you remember that these things coming in are really an illusion, which is hard, but like you're doing, if you like, okay, how can I prove this is an illusion to myself? How can I prove this fear is so irrational? Then it really does start to help. I also have an irrational fear of fish, by the way, like a completely (laughs) irrational crazy person fear of fish and I say that to people they go they're like oh yeah like sharks or the ocean I'm like no like fish like teeny tiny like little fish yeah like they're just gonna touch me like even just thinking about it just makes me like okay here's my rationalization for you have you ever been touched by a a wild fish no exactly no so I'll tell you this I'm not so like the bridge (laughs) I I have a hard time I I have been touched by a fish Elsie, don't tell I me also, about that. I also have an irrational fear of things I can't see in the water. Sharks specifically, yes. even though I feel like that's not irrational because it's also rational. Like it could be. Because it's a me. shark. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's also just but like it, unlikely. It inhibits me from full, like even in the lake, which I know that's irrational. Like it inhibits me. So like, I what, like what you're your saying. Is that your weird thing about the water? Yes. I feel like the lake Lauren has grosser swim fish. With me enough. <laughs> But see, I love swimming. I will do it. That's one thing I'll make myself do. I grew up on lakes with my family. I love the ocean. I will do it. I bet you, I also, oh, I bet you when you were little, somebody told you like to scare you away from something like, oh, don't jump in the water. The fish will get you or something. Okay. Yes. So I have a cousin that also 
is crazy about fish. So we do this big family reunion every year. We've done it since I'm little. Now all my cousins take our kids. And literally, I think it was like two years ago, my uncle was laughing and he was like, well, you know why you and Garrett are afraid of fish, right? I'm like, no. And he's like, yeah, because when you were little, like we threw you in the lake and we were screaming, the fish, the fish. And you guys were like, what? Everyone was like going to shore. And I never remember that. And he thought it was so funny. And here we are like two grown adults. And my cousin's like this big, huge, like dude with a beard mountain man. And he is like, we're afraid of like the little fish. It's so silly. So that one traumatized you. Yeah. I know. So this is exactly what I'm saying. Is that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like we do that to children. His consciousness level is we do. We do this to we children. Do. Things that we think are funny, things that we think are entertaining, things that we, we think are harmless. harm. Well, we think they're harmless until they grow wow. up and have an irrational fear of tiny goldfish. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what one of the biggest traumas you could have as a kid? And as I learned this, I just did it to my daughter. Wait, like let me guess months before ago. you say it. I want to guess. Yeah. Is it food? Like being like force fed kind of like Oh, that is a thing too, but that's not what I was okay. thinking. So it's, if you, if you're late, if you leave them at school or something like that, so you can have the hugest trauma from your parent being five minutes late to pick you up. Cause when you're little, like if you're like 15, you're like, oh, my mom will be here, whatever. I'm talking to my friends. I'm at school. Who cares? You're little. All of a sudden your safety, your everything, your mommy is late and you're looking around all the other moms are here my mom's not here who knows what happened there was traffic she got a flat tire it could be also absolutely five whatever is an eternity when you're an little. eternity <laughs> and you oh, could end up gosh. with the biggest abandonment issues from that like you could be the and again this is the stuff that you don't realize so you could be like an adult that's like oh my gosh i i've never had a long-term relationship i don't know how to commit la 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 and it's really you have this fear of abandonment all from when you were five, your mom was five minutes late to pick Once. you up. Once. And I was probably this. like the best mom in the whole world in one fucking time. Yes. <laughs> oh. I did that the other day to my daughter. I don't get their school on Tuesdays. They're out an hour early. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I always am like, oh, Tuesday. And so my son's diabetic. They called me earlier. I had to pick him up from school because he wasn't feeling well. So it already threw my day off. And I'm like, okay, I have time, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, all of a sudden, I realized I was 20 minutes late. 20. I'm not talking five, 20. She's six. She's the sweetest little angel ever. I was like running like a mad woman. She's sitting in the office. I see Falling. her face. No, she's like, she always tries to hold it together. But she oh. like, you could tell she's holding it all back. And I'm just like looking at her eyes and they're full of tears. I was like, Milo, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, yeah, it's okay. It's just trying to breathe, and I'm like, oh my oh god, my god. I'm like, do you like, want to cry? Feel, feel her like anxiousness yeah, and fear. Okay. I can feel it. Also, do you see how the body works Lauren, like that? You don't even have to probably. be there. <laughs> Lauren shot right back to 30 years ago. <laughs> yes, my parents were always but, okay. late for everything and still are. I'm all. So I do actually mine. have anxiety about that. Whether they're going to be on time, like when I'm hosting Same. things at my house, I'm like. Like, I get, yeah, for sure. I definitely get, I don't know if it's related to, like, an abandonment thing where I thought they're never coming to get me or they're not going to come. But I definitely do get anxious. And I think because my husband's very punctual and he doesn't like being late or having people be late. So that's feeding into it, too, because I'm, like, now I'm stressed out for him because he's stressing out, wondering, are they going to be on time? And he doesn't say it, but I can feel it, for sure. It's an energy. Like, I can feel like you're losing it because they're not here and we have to go and now I'm losing it because I don't know if they're ever coming like it's just yeah and again see how you're even like with unintentionally you're already knowing how to tune into your body just even hearing the story about my daughter that you've never even seen in your life and you're feeling it and I could see it in your body taking it in she's like oh fuck (laughs) yeah so that's like why this stuff is so crazy because none of us know this or so how are you gonna fix your daughter from being like lauren in 30 years like what are you saying to her today can you do work on her now can you like would you do womb work on children that i don't know that's one thing i don't know i couldn't tell you how early but i do do reiki i do do energy work with my kids so you get there Um, and like in the office like take that that energy out yeah this is not gonna define you yes (laughs) and i talk to them though a lot about it and i talk to them about being in their bodies so like if they're freaking out and we have like a little hand symbol where we just go like head to heart and i'll do it over and over like head 
down from my head. Again, you can't see. But like I pull my hand from my head down to my heart and I'll go get in your body, get in your body, get in your body. And it's crazy. And I've been doing it with them since they were like even like two and three. And like you'll see them. You could see their faces start to like calm until they like, oh, I'm okay. So I try. I mean, like we can't save them from trauma either. That's like something too. I'm always like, how can I save them from my shitty childhood? Everything like that you do. I'm fucking them up yeah, a little bit. There but will always be something. I'm like, you know what? I have the tools for later and I do yeah. my best. And I also try to talk about the emotions with them and let them feel them. Like, are you angry? And like my son right now, because again, he just, we just found out he's diabetic and he just turned eight. So it's like, he's getting older. He's getting hormones. He feels like, why me? Like so much. So I've had Aww. a rough time with him lately. And we'll talk about it sometimes. I'll be like, dude, are you mad? And he's like, yeah. And I'll be like, do you want to scream? And I'll tell him, I'll do it with him. Like, let's scream. And we'll just scream really, really loud. Or I'm like, do you need a, are you mad at me right now? And he'd be like, yes. Cause he'll want a treat. And I'll have to tell him no, like the other kids could have a cookie and he can't have a cookie, you know? And it's like, Aww. well, it's not fair. It's not fair, mom. This is not, and I'll be, it's okay. And, it and I'll see you look in his face and I'm like, do you, do you need to yell at me? Like, do you I'll be like, I hate you right now. And I'll be like, okay. Okay, and I'll tell him, hate me. You can hate me. You could, however you need to feel right now. But also, if poor moms have to take this shit on, like, as if you did this. Well, it's, I mean, that's, again, it's a whole other story. But, you know, yeah. it's when you give them that allowance, it's so crazy. Because he probably could stay in that for about five seconds. And then he'll just start smiling. Because Aww. it's the permission to do it. And that's, again, the thing that we we never had was, like, what if someone just looked at you and was like, you can be angry as fucking hell right now if you want to. You know, as kids too, it's like, how about when the kid falls down and then you're like, oh, no, no, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. But we think as the mom, we think we're doing the good thing, right? Like, I don't want you to be upset. Like, you are okay. I want you to calm down because I love you. But really what we're telling them is like, you you can't hurt right now. You don't get to be in pain. Like, I'm going to tell you how your feeling is wrong because you shouldn't be crying that you're, you have a cut. You know, we think we're doing the right thing, but really we're showing them how to shut down their feelings. So I'll try to just be like, does it hurt? Do you need it to hurt? And then sometimes I'll give them a time limit, though, because my kids are all dramatic. Yeah, well, all kids like, are. are like, I was just oh, going to well, say, like, when do we, like... Their mom's dramatic, and so, like, we'll yeah. give a time oh, period. Oh, God, yeah, those moms. And then it's, like, after five minutes, I'll be like, okay, are we there still on Five it? minutes? Are we still... That's like, a very are we long still, time. <laughs> are we still on the knee? Are we still, like... I mean, I know it doesn't hurt, because you were just totally laughing, and then you started crying for no reason. They'll look at me like... Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> we just, like, move on I love it. the logic though. You know, you touched on something there with the, with the feeling, the emotions, because I grew up in a household where we're not allowed to be angry. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is like, I know a little hypocritical as well. I could go on a, many a tangent. Of my yeah. shit. Uh, oh yeah. But so that was like always deemed as a very unhealthy emotion. And yeah. so it's my trauma my like history which is why i want to say like can we all just like fucking erase that narrative that that is a bad thing to feel and like dealing with your anger is healthy not not having anger well i do that at home too like because i've learned a little bit a little bit from my from our podcast my own well definitely from the podcast which like even this sort of thing like hearing you speak about the way you handle things with your children Tracy like it reminds me that I am trying to implement things like that too and like same Jess like it wasn't so much anger specific in my household but it was just suppress everything like don't like my parents were loving and kind and I did have a good childhood I'm not painting a bad picture but but it was a lot of suppression like don't be upset don't be mad don't freak out suppress it, suppress it, suppress it. Cause you're strong. You're stronger than that. So yeah. I have learned with my children, I say like, cause sometimes I go to that place where it's like, no, no, no like just stop. Shh, be quiet. Like, don't forget, like whatever. Right. But now I'm like, you can be mad. You're going to be upset. Yeah. Sometimes you're, you're allowed. And I, I need to like say it for them and me. Like you're allowed. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that's really important. I want, and with boys too, like I want them to be able to grow up and have emotion and not feel shamed about it, but also and regulate them. That's other than, yeah, be able to regulate it properly, especially for boys, because they're especially yep. told to suppress. They're especially Suck told to um, have, yeah. Well, boys could have the anger and like, girls cannot. Oh, yeah. That's like a man. totally true. Right. So everyone, I guess boys and girls, obviously, everyone knows needs to know how to, like, be able to right. express properly. But for boys, I think anger is, like, a weird thing, too. Like, you know, because it's okay if you're mad and yeah. you're macho. You can punch something oh, and that's you know, acceptable. But, 
That's right. not good either. But women really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to be angry ever. And we're not supposed to have any of those. And that's another huge piece that I work with a lot of my clients. And I have some specific songs, like of all these amazing curated playlists my sister makes for me, um, where I've found like ugh, those songs that really pull the emotion out of you. And I will have us go through like screaming or hitting a pillow or stomping your feet. And it's crazy how much anger comes out because as women, we think and we're told we're not supposed to. And we don't even know that we actually deserve to get to have those feelings. But when you're a woman that's most in your feminine, you are all the feelings. And that's another thing we wanted with women. It's like, it's your period. Um, it's your hormones. Not, actually, it's just called being a fucking woman. And you could have that at any time. Or human. But a woman, yeah. But especially a woman, like, we have more. That's just what we are. Just for sure. All powerful. And a woman truly in her feminine will have all those emotions within three seconds. You could literally be like, I am so fucking angry. I want to punch you in the face. And now I'm yes. crying. And then I'm so happy. <laughs> and I want to laugh. And then one second later, but I'm also pissed off again. And then again, we want to label that woman. But really now how I see it is like, oh, damn, you're in your flow. You just felt all that. That means you just moved that all through your body. And you're going to go have a damn good day now where everyone else would want to like look at her and judge her. Something's wrong with her. You know, like let's label her. But that is really so healthy for us. And again, women... We just, we're not allowed. We're not supposed to do that. We're, you know, but we get to when, you know, we give ourselves permission. Yeah. And I think more and more women talking like this and talking about it being like, you can just feel like you can just feel like, don't worry about what other people say. Don't worry about being labeled as a woman. Cause well, you are one. So you're allowed to be yeah. one. Imagine if they knew that we were women. Imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but like going back to the womb work, like just like, so obviously it's something that has to be done in person because you are actually touching the body and you are like helping release it. Um, is like, how long did, have you been doing this? And like, is this like an ancient tradition? Like, I feel like a lot of these things have been happening yeah. for centuries yet. We're kind of learning about these new like alternative treatments like now. Right. So the actual massage part, yeah, has to be done in person. A lot of the other work though, like the embodiment stuff, even just connecting to your womb, there's still so much you could do that way, even just virtually. I've done a lot of that with clients and it's still really powerful because again, everything is energy, which you just showed again by, you know, taking on the energy from that story. So it is crazy the amount of energy work you could do. I mean, sometimes I'll do it FaceTime or Zoom, but even just on the phone and people will be like, there's no way, like you're just going to hear, we're going to hear each other's voices and they'll be like, holy shit. Like I felt it moving through me, out of me. So there are things, other things that you could do. Sorry, what was your other question about? You said, is womb work ancient? Oh, yes. That's what it was. Yes, yes, it is. So where I, so I think there's a couple of different modalities. What I learned, and I've been doing like a year and a half now, is um, is a Mayan technique. And I learned it from a woman who got taught by her grandmother, from her grandmother to her grandmother, that it's been passed down. So, Yeah. And it's all too really about connecting to nature. It's connecting to the elements. Um, another thing that we don't realize with women is we are so connected. I mean, we all are as human beings, but again, women, we almost just have like magic powers that we don't realize. And when you realize you could connect to elements, it's like you think about it like, oh, like the rage of a woman is the fire. Like we are the fire. And again, we want to think that's bad, but the same energy of fire and anger is also passion. It's the exact same energy in your body. So if you can connect to, Ooh, I have this anger that I'm holding against this and you can transmute that to passion. Now you are a really powerful creator. Um, it brings you through the water. Like how easily can you flow? All of us up in our head, we can't flow for shit. If we're trying to control everything, like we're not, con- we're not flowing. Um, so yeah, I love that part of the technique is like seeing how you connect to all of that. And then that just becomes really impactful in your life too. Cause you could just sit there and like, Ooh, what do I need to connect to right now? What's going to feel, um, better for me or like, you know, w- the wind, I was connect to wind, like winds have changed, like seasons change, the leaves change, all of that. But all of us want to stay the same. So want to stay the same right here again, because that feels safe. That feels safe. That feels safe. So yeah, the womb work is just all of that. It's really about connection and connecting to yourself more than anything. Amazing. Like wow. I, I definitely would love to hear like so much more. And I mean, obviously we know we can never fit everything in an yes. hour or less. It's so frustrating because we always have to end at some point. Um, but I mean, I think there's obviously so much more information that you can provide. And at the very least, like 
you should tell our listeners where they can find you and get more information. I know that you're in California. If you're familiar with anybody yes. that does this womb work practice um, in Ontario, Canada, please like or drop what they their can do to, with you from or, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I knew someone in Canada. Um, like I said, I could do – there's a lot that we could do virtually. I'd even love to take you to through a session if you ever uh, yes. are interested. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, right now I'm under construction working on my website, but you could get to me on Instagram at Tracy LaFleur um, and DM me for any information. I have some of my programs on there one-on-one sessions, virtual sessions, um, all of that. But I just love this so much. Like I love talking about it. It just lights me up. Like it's, I just love for women to know that there's like things out there, you know, that we just didn't know about. You're not like a gift uh, for people that do not know about these things. We certainly did not know. And we would be beyond excited, honored, and happy to do a session with you. And we definitely love to tell our listeners all about it. Um, because I'm sure that a lot of people didn't know about this as well. So, uh, well, I also assume, awesome yeah. I also assume that womb work, when, when I first heard the words womb work, this I assume like this has pregnancy. something to do with being either have being pregnant or after having a baby. But obviously it's clear that A, it's for men and women, obviously different for men, not a womb, but yeah, a, a abdomen Abdominal. treatment. And then um, it's post or like pre and postpartum, right? So I Anytime. think that's... Yeah. It's just amazing and it makes so much sense. It's very logical that like we hold so much in the place where we begin, right? Like it just, right. it's ooh, so very logical. Yeah, I was going to say, ooh, I like that. There's your that, slogan yes. for your website. That's yes. the soundbite for the show. I love it. But I know, Tracy, obviously we would love to just chat and chat forever. We know that you have lots of important things to do, probably yes. some womb work um, with a client. So, I mean, thank you so much for being on the thank show. You. And yes, people can find you on Instagram. We will obviously include all your details in the show notes and would love to have a session and hopefully have you back one day yes ladies thank you so much thank Thank you so much bye